state. Your team. Your show. This is Sports Nightly. He faces the floor. They'll let Cheatham throw it in. Over the defense to Burt. Burt to the goal. Dunks it. Got it. Underdog. And then one. Exclamation point. Pump the brakes. The Huskers are up 72 to 66. What a great play on the inbounds pass, 94 feet away. Put that dude on a poster. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are, a full three-hour show coming your way tonight after a couple of abbreviated shows. We had an hour Tuesday ahead of Husker basketball, about a 40-minute show last night ahead of Husker women's basketball. Uh, but three hours coming your way tonight. And here's what we have coming up on the show. Tom Chattel, the lead columnist of the Omaha World-Herald, will join us later this hour. We'll get his take on the recent hires by Scott Frost with uh, replacing Javon DeWitt and Troy Walters with his hiring of Coach Lubick and also bringing Coach Dawson back into the fold. We'll get Tom's thoughts about all of that. Coming up in hour number two, it's our men's basketball show for the week. The head coach, Fred Hoiberg, in studio in hour number two. So get your comments, questions ready for him. Uh, he has not been in here since mid-December, maybe? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Because you've had you've – had, uh, Coach Gates. You had Doc. Yeah. And didn't you have Abdo Masi? Yeah. So the last three shows have been those guys. Yeah, I've pretty much talked to every assistant. Bobby <laughs> Lutz was in here for a little bit. That's right. He kind of comboed a show with somebody, didn't he? With Abdul Massey. Yeah. No, but that was a hoot, having those guys in there. So Coach Hoiberg here in hour number two. Love to have your thoughts and comments and questions for him coming up at that time. Teddy Greenstein, you remember him from the Chicago Tribune. He joins us every Thursday night. He'll be here along in hour number three. And we'll talk to Husker Wrestling Coach Mark Manning coming up in the third hour. Huskers with a big weekend. The defending national champion Penn State Nittany Lions in town tomorrow night at the Devaney Center for a duel. Uh, and then there's the Rumble Tumble event coming up on Sunday that will involve Husker wrestling. So a busy week for the Huskers on the mats. So we'll talk to Coach Manning coming up in hour number three. And as always, phone lines are open for you at 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. Got your bags packed? You're heading out, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, ready to go. Um, this is my first road trip with the team. Very excited um, to, uh, to see how the – you know the ins and outs work with this new staff um and you know excited to watch these guys play and another opportunity to go win a big 10 game against Rutgers who's ranked for the first time in forever so yeah I'm excited it's going to be a good trip uh, from what we've been told it's already sold out at the rack and it's going to be a good atmosphere they lost last night but that was a heck of a game with Iowa it was a battle with the Hawkeyes who played really well in Iowa City to hold them off and I, I, the, the BTN guys were talking about Coach Peichel, Rutgers' head coach, and saying, is this guy your leader for coach of the year in the league? I think it's a slam dunk almost, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is certainly one of the biggest surprises, if not the biggest surprise in the Big Ten right now. Um, and it's going to be interesting, Greg, to go back after at the end of the year and just look at his progression as a coach at Rutgers. You know, you look at the win totals. Um, the quality wins that they've had, you know, all that stuff you, you add on year by year and just see the progression that he's had. And, you know, this is a, this is a guy that I think we kind of had our eye on a couple of years ago uh, of someone that might be a pretty good fit. 
And, you know, they've had some pretty good players come out of there, you know, um, with, with Sanders. And, you know, he had a great run there and then kind of hand things over to Geo Baker. So, I, you know, I think Rutgers has a, a nice combination of, of size and talent and obviously well coached. They, they really, really believe in what they're doing. And um, it's kind of hard not to when, uh, when Coach Peichel is producing the results that he has. I, I just I'm amazed at what he's done. Poor facilities, no tradition. You dropped it the other night on the weekend rewind. First time they've been ranked since 1979. Pretty amazing stuff. So that's the next challenge for Coach Hoiberg's staff as they get ready for this one. And this will be a, a second time around. They face Rutgers right after the New Year's here at PBA. And Rutgers uh, came into PBA and, and won fairly handily. So it's, it's a big challenge for Nebraska. I, I know that, that things have not gone great for Husker basketball this year. We anticipated some real real tough times with a brand-new squad, and now Nebraska's dropped four in a row. But then I want to th- throw a couple of things. I was looking to the Big Ten statistics earlier today, and these are conference games only, so this is now eight games in. Nebraska – is third in the conference in assists, second in steals, first in turnover margin, second in assist to turnover ratio, first in three-pointers made. It's a lot of categories to be one, two, or three. And now, obviously, I'm not going to go over. There's some bad ones. Rebounding margin, rebound, the, the block shots. Nebraska's dead last in a couple of those. But some of those, and that's, that's a system thing to me. Are you getting the ball movement? Are you getting? Are you passing the ball, sharing it well? That's what when I look at the assist thing and being third in the in the uh, conference in assists. That's some stuff to build on, isn't it? When you look at some of those numbers. Yeah, I think so. And and I think you know more than anything, it's you know maybe maybe not right now during the season because there's so much that goes into like game prep and uh, you know just things that that are above statistics, but. You know, if if there there ever a few days off, or this coaching staff has some extra time to just sit and meet with the team, I think, you know, if times get tough, you point to some of these things and say, guys, look, you know, this is kind of if we do the, we're capable, we're capable of of competing with teams in this league. You see, you know, if we're assisting the ball, if and then you pull out your your successful games. If we're assisting the ball, if we're making our shots and rebounding, you know. If, you just kind of point to the areas that that show that those st- statistics lead to wins and i think you know it's another just psychological tool for these players to to take with them and you know more incentive to play hard and and, and you know keep that fight going every night because when you're not winning games um, and especially when you go on the road that can be a hard thing especially when you don't have pinnacle bank arena behind you and you got to kind of find your own energy um, you know that, that can be daunting that can be a big time task leading the league in three-pointers made and leading the league in turnover margin, those are two pretty good numbers, to, two pretty good stat columns to be leading in. So I think a little something there to hang your hat on for Husker basketball as they've hit this rough stretch of the season to this point in time. We, um, we're into the season of the college all-star games for college football players. This week is the Senior Bowl, which is at Mobile, Alabama, which gets coached by a couple of NFL 
teams coach it. In fact, Zach Taylor of the Bengals is the head coach of one of the teams down there. A year ago, it was Shanahan from San Francisco was the head coach, and now he's got a team in the Super Bowl. There are two Huskers that are down there this week, Ben, Darian Daniels and Lamar Jackson, and both have, have opened some eyes. We mentioned last week that at the Shrine Bowl, Khalil Davis was doing some really good things. Lamar Jackson uh, tested well and they did some testing. They talked about in some of the drills that his length as a corner was bothering some wide receivers. Darian Daniels, they said, had a really good day today in some of the team drills where he was blowing by blockers and creating havoc in the backfield. Nebraska may get some guys drafted when we get to the April draft of the NFL, and those are the three names that would come up as would be Khalil, Darian Daniels, and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and I think you know when you look at each one individually and you say okay you know you know Darian and Lamar are going to pass the eye test um, immediately that's the first thing that these guys are going to see when they when they walk in when they meet them or when they see him on the field for the first time Lamar is built like an NFL corner just the way that he looks Um, and so I think right there you know that 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 that's the that's a positive thing and I think Darian's the same way you know you find a a team that is a 3-4 and um, you know needs a, a big nose tackle you know look at um, you know the Kansas City Chiefs right now and Mike Pinnell I yeah. mean I think he is a lot like that you know just a load up front that can occupy blockers and um, you know clog up the middle against teams like Tennessee there's a need for that there's a big need for that um, so I definitely think that just the size of those two now I think the size as much as it's a benefit for Darian, it's going to hurt Khalil. I think, you know, people may look at him and think, think he's undersized and, uh, you know, may think he's limited, but then that's where his athleticism comes in. And you just look at his physical test scores, his explosiveness, his strength, his agility. And then Greg, how many times, I mean, there's eight or 10 plays that you can pull in Khalil's career where he's chasing down a back on a swing pass or 15 yards down the field on the sideline making a tackle that's where you see what you lack for in size what you make up for which is football instincts effort strength speed all that stuff Um, so I think they're attractive for different reasons but I think there's going to be a case for these guys and again we talk about this every year you know, it just look at Luke Gifford and the Cowboys. It takes one team to see something, right? Um, and and that and that's all it takes. You know, the, the measurable. There's a lot of there's a lot of players out there, tons of players that are in the same same situation as these guys. Uh, good measurables and all that, but it all it's going to come down to does one franchise, does one owner, does one GM see something in you that that could add benefit to their team? I, I've been watching this. Uh, you, you know, the the Chiefs have been putting together a documentary from all the way back like a 30 minute episode every few weeks of and it's so cool it's all the behind the scenes access and it, it it's for this season but it starts all the way back before the draft and you can be in they have cameras in the war rooms and you can just hear those conversations and you see those those player personnel guys and it's a great um and i'm just saying it because i'm a chiefs fan but every front office has those conversations where they've got binders out and they're they're talking about one guy at one school and they're talking about character. They're talking about who knows their coach. And they're talking about what type of personality is it? What what type of troubled passes he has? What's what was it like growing? I mean, for guys in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. So it, it's a it's a very detailed process, and it, it's it's good insight on on who those guys are. And you know, you, you it's cool to to get a, a firsthand look at what those are all about. No doubt. Where can people find that? YouTube. 
Okay. Yeah. It's really cool because, um, you know, we, we didn't, we never really got access to, uh, you know, as Chiefs fans, you know, you get what you read on the internet and that's it. But it's cool because, you know, they, they basically had their big board and they're, you know, they're evaluating film on all the guys and, and they didn't end up drafting any of them because they all got picked. But, you know, you could hear the Chiefs go, okay, we really need it. We want a corner in the first round. We really, really want a corner in the first round. Well, all the corners were picked ahead of them. The three guys that they really liked, they liked the Byron Murphy kid that went to Arizona. They liked the Rocky Sin guy from Temple that went to Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, they end up going Juan Thornhill in the second round. And they get, um, you know, that in the second round, they go, well, our corners are picked. Let's just go take a speedster and McCole Hardman. And the only reason they took him is because they thought he could help them in special teams. So, you know, it, it, those, those types of conversations are, are public and they're really cool to listen to. Yeah. I'm going to go dial some of that up here this weekend, get myself ready for the Super Bowl in a week. All right. Um, mentioned that the college all-star games are going on with the senior bowl this weekend. We do have a Runza Twitter poll that we put up tonight, which winter all-star game interests you the most or, in, or least <laughs> the NBA, which is in a couple of weeks, the NHL, which is also in a couple of weeks, the Pro Bowl, which is this weekend or none of the above. It's got to be the NBA, right? I mean, that's the closest. The NHL's gimmick, there's things up a lot the last few years. They have. It's the, like the bracket and the tournament. And yeah. It's funny. Did you see the video going around? I mean, Mitch Trubisky bless his heart you know has just been taking a lightning rod of, of criticism in Chicago this year because their offense was so bad but did you see the video going around of so of, of him at the at the skills competition not. in Orlando I did not oh my gosh it's hilarious and it just makes bear fans cringe <laughs> because as this is happening Patrick Mahomes was prepping for a Super Bowl and Deshaun Watson um you know just just made it to uh the AFC divisional round but you know, so basically what happens in this particular contest, there's a quarterback and a wide receiver from different teams, but they're on a team. So Trubisky was teamed up with Mike Evans from the Bucks, and they gotta and they gotta do all these different challenges where Trubisky throws and to Evans and they do all these different types of things. Well, one of the challenges was it was a touch pass where Trubisky had to throw it over a pane of glass while Evans' feet were on a black mat, and they basically had, you know, just like a touch pass. They had to lob it over the, the thing, and Evans had to jump up and grab it. Trubisky took like a minute 40 oh to, to, get, to get it done. I mean, he, he kept hitting the front of the glass and overthrowing, and Mike Evans is jumping up with his long wingspan, like trying to grab these balls, and he just, just could not complete the pass. Wow. It was really, really hard to watch. Tough for Bear fans. So if you want to get online and uh, vote again, which winter all-star game interests you the most? What do you think's winning so far? Probably NFL. I don't know. None of the above is dominating. So, yeah. Good call, go. fans. There you go. Go, go vote. We'll have some fun with that throughout the program tonight. We're back on a Sports Highlight Thursday night. Coming up at the top of the hour, it's our men's basketball radio show for the week. Fred Hoiberg will be in studio to take your comments, questions, and calls. Huskers getting ready to head to Piscataway to take on Rutgers over the weekend. Delighted to be joined now by on our Woodhouse Auto Family Sports Highlight Hotline, Tom Chattel, the lead columnist of the Omaha World Herald. I first met Tom when he was a writer for the Kansas City Star, and, Tom, hell hasn't quite frozen over, but the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? 
Well, yes, I can. And uh, <laughs> the question did I think I would, you know, still be around to see it? I guess not. But uh, here we are. And uh, no, it's it's. Uh, you know, <laughs> I remember when they drafted uh, Mahomes and. Uh, the radio people down there, the media people down there were saying not how many Super Bowls he's going to – not not if he would go, but how many would he go to and how many is he going to win. And I thought, well, this, that sounds great, but this is a Texas Tech quarterback. Those guys haven't really done much in the NFL. And uh, why was I wrong? <laughs> he's uh, – I don't think it matters what college he went to. He's 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 something else. And um, – I could see them. I could see him winning multiple Super Bowls. I really could. You wrote a column earlier this week, kind of reminiscing about the Chiefs and their history and huddling around a radio. Let us in on that. What was that like? Well, um, I guess I didn't have anything else to write. First of all, uh, no, it was it was. Uh, you know, I just sat down and go. You know, that the Super Bowl four. I remember watching it. I was an AFL fan, you know, I grew up around San Diego, ended up in uh, Iowa. It's a long story, um, how you get from San Diego to Iowa. Um, and I, 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 I mean, I, I, I was rooting for the Chiefs. I wanted the AFL to win. Um, I was in Packer country at the time, which was hard to do. But um, I don't know, Greg, I just started writing down, you know, it just, you know, different little memories over the years of, Following him on the radio, the, the games weren't on TV. They blacked out in Kansas City. The home games were. Um, then, you know, working in that parking lot in high school. Uh, <laughs> kind of a weird job. You stand there and you kind of wave your arms. The cars go by. <laughs> and then uh, you get to go in and watch the game for free. There's nobody in the game. Um, and then, you know, you pay attention over, you know, you go to college, you come back, and you kind of pay attention to it a little bit. Um and uh, just over the years, uh, you know, getting to go in the press box and cover a couple games once in a while, and then uh, going on the bus from uh, the, the bar in Westport, Fuzzy, set a bus. We used to do that. Uh, just <laughs> and I end up in Omaha, and I go back down there, and, you know, cover Nebraska on Saturday, and drive to KC Sunday morning, and go to the you know cover the home games, and uh, they were. A lot different in the early '90s than they'd been the, the previous two decades. There was a lot of excitement, so uh, there was a lot of excitement up here. There's a lot of Chief fans in, in uh, Nebraska. There, yeah, there is a crossover. A lot. Of, I know a lot of people do what you just described. They go to the Husker game on Saturday, and then they get in their car and drive to Arrowhead and catch a Sunday game. And it's been fun to watch them. You mentioned the AFL, kind of fitting they beat an old AFL team, although they're no longer the Houston Oilers and now the Tennessee Titans, but uh, they, they that's where they were when they started was the Houston Oilers to get to the Super Bowl. Who do you like? You got to lean for the game next week? Well, I think the best team in the NFL was the, the Chiefs offense. Um, so probably going to go that way. Um, in fact, the best team – and the NFL might be Mahomes. <laughs> uh, now that he, now that he's he's running, he's taking the ball and actually running and 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 making positive yards, getting first downs. That's hard. That's hard to defend. I don't. The 49ers have a lot of answers on defense, but they're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna have to double some guys. Uh, I know they probably play some zone, 
But uh, it's <laughs> the front four is going to have to have an incredible game. And, uh, of course, the last time I saw something like that was the Patriots against the Giants. And the Giants front four, you know, Eli Manning's going to get in the Hall of Fame. But the Giants front four basically uh, won the Super Bowl for them. They, they held Tom Brady in check, and that's what's going to have to happen here. I can't wait to watch it. It'll be fun. Week away. Tom Chattel's with us, the lead columnist of the Omaha World Herald. You can also read his work online at omaha.com. There has been some Husker football news in the last couple of weeks with some changes to the staff. As Scott Frost adds Mike Dawson back into the fold, and then Matt Lubick comes uh, after a year off to take over the offensive coordinator spot. What do you make of the changes that the head coach has made? Well, the um, you know I, I really admire. Two years ago, Scott brought his entire staff, and they were it was unusual. You didn't see that very often. And like I've written, they were like like a, like a band of brothers. You see him kind of doing a, a, a staff hug before every game. That's sort of a, a solidarity, uh, you know, unification, whatever. These uh, these guys are like, are, are like one big group. But college football has a way of breaking up the band. <laughs> and if you don't win, then some guys uh, see that maybe they're writing on the wall and leave or find out opportunities on their own or they they get that. They get nudged out the door uh, because it's not the right fit. Um, Troy Walters was not the problem, but also not the solution. And uh, in my mind, better receivers and better players are the solution. Uh, I believe that those are coming, and I think Scott saw an opportunity to get maybe a better fit in in place for when those guys uh, get, get on the field. Interesting story on Coach Lubick, isn't it? Tom taking a year away, kind of stepping away from the game and working for a credit union out in Fort Collins. It's an it's an interesting path. He talked about a little bit of a burnout and trying to reestablish some balance in his life. You've been around an awful lot of coaches down through the years. That's a tough thing for these guys, isn't it? Because they do throw themselves into this work. Yeah, and maybe he didn't have the right offers uh Maybe there wasn't anything out there for him that, that he really liked either. So, um, yeah, I, it, 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 it is an unusual story. But uh, And maybe a guy like him was only going to have an opportunity with, with people he knew. And this was, uh, this is what he couldn't pass up. Um, and uh, I, I think it's, 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 it's really good. It's uh, anything that is, is going to make a smoother um, – not a, a transition, but just in, in anything that gets the 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 ball in the right hands and the the right plays called um, is and and makes uh, everybody feel more comfortable, including the head coach who's calling the plays, is is going to be a, is going to be a bonus. Uh, we saw that for years. The, the Frank Solich, uh, Tom Osborne combo. Um, you know, you had those two were. Not only on the same page, they they probably wrote a lot of a lot of plays together. And uh, you know, Tom had that mind where he was always ahead. He was playing chess, and he was a, he was always a move or two ahead. And I, I I think Frank was probably right there with him. And I think this is the, this has got a chance to be sort of the same thing. Um, to what level I don't know, but um, it's it's 
you know, I think again, I don't, I don't, I think the the special teams move, whatever that, whatever caused that, um, or uh, Javon Devitt leaving, um, it, it's uh, it, it's a chance to to make the the program better. So I don't think we really expected a big shakeup, but again, when you you have two losing seasons in a row, it's not. Um, <laughs> It's not unusual. So uh, here we are. Tom Stell again with us from the Omaha World Herald. Expectations are always high for Husker football. Is this the offseason where those get tempered a bit? I mean, I, like you just oh, said, yeah. coming off two, two losing years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that they were not in anybody's early rankings. Thank God. <laughs> and won't expect them to be there next fall. Don't they haven't earned it? Don't need it. Uh, don't really want it right now. They, they what they've got to do is kind of figure out how to how to how to get to five hundred first, and and then and, and all that stuff's going to happen. It, it is. I don't know when. I, I don't I don't make predictions uh, anymore. Um, <laughs> the last two years have been kind of rough on the uh, on the old predictor, but um, it's um, it's. It, it, it's it, it, it's a nice correction in a way. I think we probably there were probably too high expectations. Now it's they're probably going to be they might be too low, but there are going to be low. So I I think we're it's going to be right where it, it should be, and they can get to go earn it. Um, but it's been funny that um, two years ago we you know Scott shows up and it's not a question of if but. How soon? And he was, he, he's going to dominate the division. He's going to win some Big Ten titles. Uh, he's going to show everybody in the Big Ten what, what basketball is all about. And now uh, here we are. Man, why did they have to give us a schedule? Oh, this the next schedule next year is the last five games are so tough. Oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this to us. It's amazing how that can go in two years, isn't it? But. Um, um, they just got to get they got to get better players on the field and just and just play good football and just kind of let it go and not have not have high expectations and um, you know Greg I, I told you I've, I've it's hard to find silver linings and progress in this past year but they they didn't get pushed around by Iowa Iowa once again which you know, Iowa felt really good about their team needed the last second field goal to beat them and. I didn't think Wisconsin pushed them around. They had a superstar back. There were there were, there were breakdowns of special teams, um, but I I think this you know they're they're going to be in the mix. Uh, how many they're going to win? I have I don't know, but uh, I I I don't think there's a reason to really be afraid of a lot of teams. Uh, as long as you get better players on the field. Very good. We got Fred Hoiberg coming up at the top of the hour. I know you've had a chance to talk with the coach a couple times. What do you think about the job he's been doing? Well, it's it's uh, it's 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 been really good, and it's been really hard to, to do, and it's, it's certainly not perfect. Um, but uh, they just have to kind of live in their own bubble this year, and 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 find find ways to be confident and find strengths and find guys who are going to be. That, that they can depend on and, and get like individual guys uh, to you know really be the ones who make progress and 
you know, it's but, but we've known that all along. And, and, and my feeling about this season is the key is to not, not only find those guys and make sure that they develop uh, who are, who are going to be around, but you know, sell the offense, uh, sell the system, show it off. You know, make sure every game that that the offense is is you know. You, you, it's it's on display and all the recruits can see it and hope hope hopefully fall in love with it. Very good. All right, be safe. I know this little treasure it's out up in Omaha series here in Lincoln. Be safe. We always appreciate the time, Tom. Thank you. All right, take care. Tom Chattel, the lead columnist of the Omaha World Herald. Again, you can read his work online at omaha.com. He joined us on our Sports Sunday Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Phone lines are open for you, 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. Take some calls next. You're listening to Sports Nightly. This is the Husker Sports Network. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network. Deshaun Burke puts his head down, drives the ball, and dunks it with the right hand. Deshaun Burke with a big jam. An inside look at what's going on around Nebraska basketball. Picks by two defenders, gives to Mack. Mack, top of the circle, Kevin Cross with a three. Got it! with three threes in a row and Indiana Colts timeout. With the head coach, Fred Hoiberg. 44 to 37, Nebraska down seven and under a minute to go and a half. And here's Cam Mack, another three on the way. Bang! A run! A three-point field goal! And it'll be Mack on a four-point play chance from the free throw line. How about those apples? Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host of the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to our program. The head coach with us for an hour. Here are the numbers. If you want to be a part of this show, 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. Are you surviving this Cold, snowy, slippery night out there. It's getting a little slick out there. It looks, looks like the temperatures are dropping a little bit. Yeah, so be careful, everybody. It hasn't really been that bad. Well, you knew it was coming. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I've lived in the Midwest my entire life, so it's just a matter of time. But yeah, I mean, we've been obviously very fortunate to this point. Has it affected any of your travel to this point? Uh, no, we thought it might affect us getting back the other night. It was pretty nasty when we landed. It was, was cold, it? windy, snowing. Uh, but, yeah, they did a great job at Lincoln Airport and got us in. And you're out of here tomorrow to go to the East Coast. Heading East Coast, yep. Yep, should be uh, should be gone, hopefully. Um, you know, long flight out there, early game, mm-hmm. uh, which which is good. I mean, we'll get back at a decent time, and then we have the game against Michigan uh, on Tuesday. So, yeah, big opportunity for us here, playing a great team in Rutgers, who's playing as well as anybody right now. They had an unbelievable game. It was one of the better games I've seen in the league so far with Iowa uh, last night. Very entertaining game, very high scoring. Uh, but at home, it <clears throat> sounds like it's the first sellout they've had uh, this year. It's the mm-hmm. first time they've been ranked, I think they said, since 1979. So it's, it's going to be rocking. I mean, that place is loud when it's half full. So uh, it's going to be a great environment, great atmosphere, and hopefully we go out and compete well. I've been impressed with what Coach Peichel's done there. Do you know him very well? I know Steve very well. I, uh, I actually got to know him when he was at Stony Brook, and I was out recruiting the prep schools out in the Northeast. And uh, we had a kid, George Niang, who played for me. He's one of the best mm-hmm. players that ever played for me, one of the most important players I ever had uh, from Tilton uh, Prep School out in, in New Hampshire. 
and I would see Steve out there all the time. And George played in a team that had Nerlens Noel, who was the number one mm-hmm. player in the country, Wayne Selden, who ended up at Kansas, uh, Good, Le- Good Luck Okanubu, who ended up at UNLV. Uh, they had a team full of studs. And I heard from Bobby Lutz actually was the one that got tipped off on George. So I went out there, and they had a guy that I worked with in the NBA from the Boston Celtics named Leo Papil. And Leo uh, was the coach of George's AAU team. And he said, I promise you, you come out here as your kind of kid. Uh, you're going to fall in love with him. So I went out there, and George was, you know, overweight and a little bit pudgy and couldn't jump. But he was destroying those guys. He was jump hook over Nerland's right hand, left hand. And my point on this is Steve, so George committed to us. And Steve Peichel uh, was out there in the area, and he was always up at their prep school. He said, I'm promising it because other teams are starting to get involved. Other big schools were starting to talk to him, and you know, which you shouldn't do, but it happens. <laughs> so Steve said, "I probably let me just tell you this. He said, you're fine. He said, if any of those guys start messing with George, I got your back. He said, he's going to Iowa State, and George kept to his uh, word. And he, again, he was a phenomenal player for us. He's having a great year with the Utah Jazz this year, so I'm happy for him. But yeah, Steve is a great person, and you know, it's good to see him doing well. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a legit team. People have been questioning them. They're pretty good. I know the, the game at, at Wisconsin was a loss, but there were some really good things done by the Huskers in that game. I thought we really competed, Greg, and, and that's the thing I told them after the game is I was really proud of them how they went out and competed at a high level. Uh, that first half was really good. Uh, you know, Wisconsin hit shots. There's no doubt about that. They had 18 uh, threes in the game. They had eight in the first half. Uh, we did a really good job, I thought, shrinking in there. We had two deflections that we just – didn't come up with the ball. Very unlucky. They hit two threes on those plays. We had a couple good contests, and then we just had a few where we closed out hand down. Uh, we missed a switch that we worked on uh, several times leading into that game. So a couple mistakes, but a couple of those I thought we really defended well. Uh, second half, they came out and they, uh, you know, they stayed on fire. Unfortunately for us, but we did do good things, Greg. We outscored them by 20 in the paint. That's a that's a big thing for our team. We hadn't done that. Uh, outscored anybody in the paint, I think, going all the way back to you know our second or third game of the season. So, um, you know, for us to go out there and compete against a very big physical team that likes to slow it down, uh, you know, to score it the way we did, especially in that first half, uh, shooting 54%, uh, ball was flying around, our attack to the basket. I thought we made good, smart plays, and we took our time in there. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, the, the performance, I thought, uh, battling back a couple times, you know, cut that thing to a manageable deficit. We cut it to five on a Kevin Cross three on a, after timeout play. And, uh, you know, unfortunately couldn't get closer to that. They answered it. They hit shots. Uh, give them credit. But I was pleased with how we went out and competed. You mentioned Kevin. It appears to me he's growing up for you. Kevin's been terrific. You know, I look at both of our freshman bigs with uh, with Ivan, you know, being the starter who, you know, I know we've talked about this, technically could be a junior in high school mm-hmm. right now. So, uh, you know, you're asking guys to go out and play at a position in this league against some of the top bigs in the nation. Uh, you know, you look at this game going on right now in the Big Ten, you got Wesson and Atoro uh, out there, and then Garza and, <clears throat> you know, the uh, you know big, big guys will play tomorrow. They got two of them. Uh, you know, for them to go out and battle the way they do uh, has been great. And they're two totally different players. You know, Ivan's been solid for us down there defensively, rebounding the ball. Uh, you know, youngest player to get a double-double in Nebraska history. And uh, Kevin being able to stretch the floor. And that's what we went to in that second half. And that's what uh, kept us around that game. I thought he and Cam had a nice chemistry going. Uh, Burke some, was turning the corner on that backside. If he didn't have it, he'd throw ahead to a quick step up. And, and that's where Kevin was getting his baskets. You mentioned Deshaun. Sometimes when you're the leading scorer, you maybe didn't play all that well. But I, he led you in scoring. But I thought he played really well. He did. He His attack was uh, was terrific. 
terrific and, you know, getting into the paint and finished well. Uh, and, and that's the thing. I thought he took his time when he got in there. Uh, he had a few games where he got in there. He was a little quick and sped up, uh, sped up got yeah. his shot blocked a few times. So, you know, to go in there the way he did under control and had a couple just big league finishes, that dunk he had uh, over top of uh, the entire team uh, was pretty impressive. You, you you mentioned the points in the paint, 36 points in the paint, and a lot of that was just taking the ball to the basket. And some of that really happened in your half-court sets even. Yeah, I, well, that's what Wisconsin does. They force you to play in the half-court. They, they're the best at getting back and transition and eliminating uh, – uh, easy, easy uh, baskets on the break, and you know they're going to force you to go out there and run your stuff and, and execute if you have any chance. And I thought we did that, uh, and a lot of that was Burke. He did a good job of attacking. Uh, Cam, uh, you know, continues to do a great job taking care of the basketball. Uh, you know, the top 25 teams. I just saw the stat today. The top 25 teams in pace, which we're 13th right now in the nation, were number one in taking care of the basketball. Number two was Gonzaga. So we're doing a good job with that. Cam's making really good decisions. I think he's over a three to one assist to turn over ratio now in league games almost a four to one assist to turnover ratio uh, that's another stat where we lead the league uh, as far as taking care of the basketball and that's what you want to do you know we preach playing fast <clears throat> all the time we work on it a lot uh, and it's very important if you're going to do that uh, to take care of the basketball and our guys have done a solid job with it so far Ben and I were talking about this during hour one tonight you lead the league in assists you lead that you I think your second or third and turnover to assist ratio you lead the league in three-pointers made those are good things you can hang your hat on they, they, they are good things uh, you know obviously we struggle in certain areas rebounding uh, is one of them defending the paint uh, we're last in block shots um, you know, free throw percentage. We're not doing a good job, which right. is which is strange. If you if you lead the league in three point mates, you, you should, should be a better free throw shooting team. Right. But you know, a lot of that's mental. And you know, believe it or not, we have gone up. We're not last in league games played. There's somebody behind us. I'm not sure who it is. Um, but yeah, it is. It's um, you know, it's something that you can be proud of because of that's the style that we're trying to, to implement here in year one uh, to be able to establish a style of play that we feel can be successful long term and our guys have bought into it uh, especially playing fast like I said we're, we're you know pretty far and away the number one pace team in our league uh, and we want to continue to do that but um, you know it, it is it's something that we struggle with with uh, with our lack of size and experience especially at that big position uh, in rebounding you know our wings uh, aren't doing as good a job certain games uh, and that's hurt us but lately we've been a little better in that stat and we're going to have to continue to improve if we want to win both the Indiana game on Saturday and the Wisconsin game you had slow starts to the second half was there a commonality between the two or well the, the Indiana game, going back and looking at that, uh, you know, the kid Brunk who, uh, you know, if he was going to stay on the perimeter shoot, we were going to live with those. And, you know, we needed to shrink it in on, you know, Trace Jackson Davis who, who killed us in the paint in the first game and also Justin Smith who's a big small forward at almost 6'9". So, you know, when we're shrunk in there, our guys are doing what we talk about in the game plan. And Brunk hits a runner from the free throw line. You know, you don't see many guards hit that shot. And uh, he had another one as well. We look at the hot spots and where guys shoot, and he hadn't made one of those all year. So he hits two of those. Justin Smith, who'd hit six threes all year, he comes down on a break and hits one. So, you know, they score those eight points. And now, you know, moves from, a, I think it was a four-point game to a 12-point game. We call the timeout. Uh, unfortunately, had, uh, you know, not as good possessions. They built that thing up to 18. But our guys kept fighting. We got all the way back to eight. And the thing late in that game, Greg, that is very uncharacteristic, as we talked about taking care of the ball, when we had opportunities, when I thought we really defended well in that stretch and we rebounded well. 
but we just could not uh, get over the hump because we turned the basketball over. I think five out of six possessions we had turnovers, uh, and that's uh, what did us in uh, at the end of that game. But, uh, yeah, the start of the second half, that one, Wisconsin, <clears throat> you know, those guys – went out and obviously had shots at a high level. We scored the last six possessions of the first half. We had six straight possessions where we scored. Uh, so, you know, we felt pretty good about what we were doing. Uh, unfortunately, missed a couple good looks and had a couple, I thought, possessions where we settled uh, for long shots as opposed to continue to attack where we had so much success in that first half. You talked about playing well defensively. You sure did against Indiana. They went eight minutes in that second half without a field goal. And that allowed you to get back in it because your defense was so good. It did allow us to get back in it. And that's where, uh, you know, we had it at a manageable number. And then we just, again, those turnovers were the thing that, you know, you scored two of those possessions, two out of those six. Uh, who knows what happens I win it. at home, especially with the, you know, we had an unbelievable crowd it was a sellout and, uh, you know, they were into it, but unfortunately we just, uh, we turned the basketball over. And again, that's something that we've done a good job of all year, especially for a young team that hasn't played together. Rolling right along on a Thursday night sports night here on the Husker sports network. Time to talk a little Husker wrestling. Delighted to be joined by Husker head coach, Mark Manning, Huskers, Getting ready for a big weekend, number two, Penn State in town tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, and then Tumble Rumble on Sunday, too, as Michigan State is here. Coach, how you doing? You being safe out there with all this snow falling down? Yep. We're trying to keep it, trying to keep uh, safe and, um, yeah, ready for a good weekend. You've got a big-time weekend coming up. You know, last weekend, I know, didn't go the way you wanted to in in Iowa City against a really talented Iowa Hawkeye team. What lessons can you take away from that? What have you talked to the guys about all week about that? Well, we lost four really tight matches, two matches where we really just in the last uh, 15 to 20 seconds and a couple matches where where uh, where we were really off- offensive and aggressive, and um, just 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 didn't finish our takedowns, and um, just kind of kind of got out scrambling a little bit. But I was really pleased about how how we performed in front of, you know, Iowa's a different beast. It's you know there was thirteen thousand fans there, and. Um, they're ranked number one. It's a tough environment to wrestle in, and I thought all of our, all ten of our guys were were ready to go. And mentality wise, you know, they they believed that they could win, and so I thought our guys really, I thought we out wrestled them uh, for the most part, and we just didn't get the victory. But I loved the fight, and I loved you know their poise and and their demeanor and how they went out. You know they. They went went out gunslinging. They were they were wrestling hard, and uh, I thought we really out wrestled them. We just didn't get the victory, and um, but I was really proud of them. So I know, you know, this weekend we have another big challenge, and I expect a great effort from our team. One guy that did get the victory, and a guy that I don't think I've ever asked you about, is Eric Schultz, your one ninety seven pounder. Yeah. Give me give me a peek behind the curtain of him and, and the kind of year he's putting together. Well, Eric Schultz wrestles 197 pounds, and I'm not sure if there's any young man on campus that works as hard as Eric. He's he is really a, a hard-working, go-getting guy. Um, you know, maybe his first couple of years, he's he's missed out of placing at the national tournament, um, and really, it's it was a, the mental thing rather than more of a physical thing. It was just mental. He just 
you know, holds himself back a little bit sometimes in competition rather than showing the big gas tank. He just has a big gas tank. He's a goer. He's tough. He's everything we love about about him. Sometimes just having performance performance issues is in regards to just freeing himself up in a seven-minute match instead of being a two-hour practice, you know. And so it's a big difference, and he's really, really made strides that way this year. And, you know, he competed the, uh, against the Iowa guy, and, you know, that guy was an All-American last year, and Eric wasn't, and we lost a tight match to him this year, last year, and, and he changed it around and beat the guy in his own backyard. So it was great victory and very well-deserved. Yeah, I caught some of that match on BTN last week, and it was really impressive to see him finish that thing off. Again, we're visiting with Husker Wrestling Coach Mark Manning here on Sports Nightly. Penn State's here tomorrow, the defending national champions. This this one ought to be a challenge. Give me a, a little lowdown on Penn State and what fans can expect tomorrow night. Well, they're, they're kind of the Alabama of, of college wrestling. They've won eight out of the last nine national championships, so – it's great for our team. I think our our guys are ready for the challenge. I think you know they they there's some great going to be some great matchups. One forty one, both returning All Americans, Nick Lee from Penn State against C.J. Red, and they've they've had a history. They wrestled back in high school, um, and so they're one and one against each other in college. And um, Nick Lee finished ahead of C.J. At, at the NCAA tournament last year, but it's going to be a barn burner. And then I would say 165, Isaiah White, Vincenzo Joseph have had some epic matches. The last couple of years, Vincenzo Joseph's a couple time national champion. And uh, Isaiah White lost to him in overtime last year. So that'll be a good one. And I think at 174, fans are going to love watching Mark Hall, who's a, who's a national champion, um, and Mikey Labarola. They had a one point match last year. So. There's going to be some there's going to be some scrapping going on, and uh, it's going to be a lot of great action. Oh, I, I can guarantee that. Six o'clock at the Devaney Center tomorrow night. If you can't make it, BTN will have the television version, but we certainly want to have a great crowd out there tomorrow night. You may not have a voice left after tomorrow night, and then you got to turn around and get ready for Michigan State on Sunday for the Tumble Rumble. That's always a fun day. Yeah, it will be. It's it's going to be great for for men's gymnastics and us and our fans, and just be able to. For, for Husker fans to be able to watch two sports at, in one venue. And, um, and um, you know, we, we have to, yeah, quick turnaround, getting ready for Michigan State on Sunday. So it's it's big weekend for us, and we're looking forward to it, though. Should be a lot of fun. We had uh, Fred Hoiberg in last hour, and I told him we had you coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, and he just raved about you. And I, apparently he doesn't know you very well because he, he, he had nothing but glowing <laughs> things to say about you, Coach. Uh, he, I, I, you know, I, 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 he might make a few more bucks than me, but he, I had to pay him big dollars to say all that great stuff about me. <laughs> well, hey, he's, he's, uh, he's awesome. Isn't he's, he great? Uh, he's great. And he's, uh, their, their whole staff are tremendous. I saw, uh, Matt and Luca and, and, uh, and John today, John Burke, their, their other assistant coach there today. And, and, uh, they're, they're, they're making some strides just, not always getting the final result they like, but they're making big strides and they're going to do well. So I really, really enjoy having Fred and, 
and uh, his staff here. Yeah, good addition to the athletic department. Well, good luck tomorrow and then on Sunday with Michigan State. It's going to be a heck of a weekend, and I know you're going to have the guys ready to roll. It's, and if people want to see some high-level wrestling, tomorrow night's the night to be out at the Devaney Center. Yeah, it's going to be great. we got a stage set up. It's kind of like you know a little bit of a smaller version of the NCAA tournament where they have you know the mat on a on a uh, up on a, a stage area and it's it's the, our event staff's done a great job setting it up and it's it's going to be a fantastic environment thanks coach best of luck we'll be following the action tomorrow night yeah thanks greg thanks for having us on you bet go Huskers.